Baseball 365 Podcast. And here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 87 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, host of this show. You can follow us on Twitter at Baseball365Pod. You can follow myself at JustinHughes365, and you can follow Andrew at AMCQ82. That's Andrew McQuiston, by the way. I always forget to mention his last name there. Anyway, join our Baseball365 Facebook group, and in there we are talking baseball 365 days a year. We talked about the World Series. We're talking about trades, and we're talking about hot stove. We're going to be talking about everything all off season. Well, maybe not everything, but a lot of baseball talk, including Dynasty League conversations. Prospects is we're going to be doing a lot of sub drafts in February. So we'll be covering a lot all through the winter. And then if you wouldn't mind, we would love to have your support. It would be very appreciative if you would by any chance hop on iTunes and leave us a five star rating and write a review for us. On tonight's episode, it's part two of a mock draft that Andrew, myself, and Tim McLeod took part of, put, took part in a couple days ago. We did the picks one through 15 on the first episode, so if you have not listened to that yet, go hop on and listen to our episode number 86, and you'll hear our picks one through 15. And we follow it up here for picks 16 through 30, which we also recorded that night, but we, I, it just went a little long, so I decided I'd chop it in half and make two episodes out of it. So no question for Andrew. None of that. We're just going to hop right in here. Thanks for listening, guys. Enjoy. Uh, here's my hint. At uh, 16, uh, you're asking me for my pick. I, I'm going to say it's a clown question, guys. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you're going to take the guy that Andrew and I both hate, aren't you? <laughs> yes, I am. And He's you know, kidding. He's I'm kidding. kidding that we love Bryce uh, Harper here. Yeah, no, yeah, 13 home runs, eight stolen bases, a 962 offs. He actually, you know, for all of the flack that he took, and I did think he took a fair bit of flack last year, you know, he walked six times more than he struck out. 43 strikeouts, 49 walks, eight stolen bases again. Uh, I think when you start looking in the 15 to 20 range, uh, I don't have any problems whatsoever uh Owning, uh, having uh, Bryce Harper on my team next year. Man. You know, I had been the one on this podcast who had been expressing some concern because four years in a row his strikeout rose 18 to 20 to 24 to 26%. And, I mean, in 2019 there, we were halfway through the season, it was close to 30%. But he mu- he really, really improved that this last year moving that down to 17 percent and walking all 20 percent of the time and that batting average and balls in play for somebody who was showing that really good of approach looks really unlucky at 279 so yeah i i would not surprise me at all if bryce harper was the nl mvp next year with i was just i was just gonna say do you guys think he still has the mvp season in him i do i I do. do too yeah Totally, totally agree. And, or a uh, second, second one, I should say. Got one. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like Bryce Harper uh, an awful lot. Like I said, I, uh, I know, I know he's had his moments, but uh, you know, when you start looking at a fairly consistent bat, you know, towards the start of the second round, I give a hard time besting him. Yep. 
and he chips in 10 to 15 steals most years too the last three of the last four years um that were full seasons anyways okay andrew number 17 overall so far we're 16 for 16 for my first 16 guys who are you taking 17 a lot of ways it can go here i I think that there's like there's kind of a group of pitchers here that I like, but uh, the one I like the most, I'm gonna take here, and that's gonna be you, Darvish. You Darvish. At 17. Um, yeah, just I mean, track record kind of speaks for itself. Incredible K upside. I I think that there's a couple other guys that are close that I wouldn't argue with either, but I'm gonna go with Darvish at 17. Tim, what are your thoughts there? Well, hey, I'm a big NPB guy, so I don't have any problems with Darvish there. <laughs> I'm just very, very happy that with the struggles he had returning from Tommy John and, you know, the, the playoff uh, fiasco that uh, he raided the ship. Because yeah. I think what we saw last year is the U Darvish that uh, we would have liked to have seen for two through the two, three year period where he underwent Tommy John. He's a great pitcher and... Uh, you know, I, again, there's, a, there's, I got no problems at all with you, Darvish. He, I, I, his six, what, what does he throw? Six, seven pitches. That fifty-nine, oh, yeah. six, sixty-mile-an-hour breaking pitch that he throws. Uh, that just, that's sick. It really is. I would have to, I would have to pull up like exact um, splits, you know, for dates and stuff. But I'd be willing to bet that since the All-Star break of 2019, he's been the best pitcher in the league pretty close that's what i, I mean was he's bring up he's right there i mean yeah, any 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 like uh worries that you have about darvish you're basically betting that he's going to revert to the pitcher that he was before that and i just don't really i don't really see a reason to believe that so yeah stud yeah he's pretty much one full season if you take the second half of last year along with this partial season this year that's pretty much one full calendar or baseball season of dominance that he's had but again it's also an argument for the fact that you know we like to to put a timetable on tommy john we like to say it's what 12 to 14 months whatever it is but again it's you darvish is a good example for not not everybody returns at the same pace. Yep. And I'm just very happy and and thankful for Darvish that he did return to his prior level of gameplay. It took a while, but uh, for those that stuck it out, uh, it was worth the wait. All right, number 17. I am going to take... Eight, yeah. 18, right? Are we on 18? Yeah, we're on 18. I looked at, messed that up. Yeah, every three. My 18th pick, I'm going to take Bo Bichette, the kid. Um, Five-tool category player right there. Real good hitter. Doesn't have the track record some of those shortstops going before him have, but he is incredibly exciting. And I'm going to take Bo with the 18th pick for the five categories. Either of you – was uh, is he going – is he in your guys' top 20? That's my question. Yes. Yep. Okay. He's in mine. Okay, I was wondering because he's one of those. I don't even I don't know where his ADP is yet, and, but you know he's still only got a grand total of three hundred and forty career plate appearances. So I wasn't sure if he was a lock in your guys's. Okay, uh, Tim, you're up next, number nineteen. Yeah, I, I got myself sort of a conundrum here because I got three players I want and I can only take one. 
Well, the good news is there's only three of us picking, so we we have to take the other two, or you might get another one. Yeah, I, I I'm sort I'm sort of looking at second base right about now, I, and uh, I know he didn't have a great season last year. Well, he was hurt, and he missed a mm-hmm. chunk of time. But when you know, I, I'm mulling between Ozzy Albie's and DJ Lemayhew, and I'm gonna go with Ozzy Albie's because I know where he's playing next year. DJ uh, Lemayhew had had a, a, a great season. He's a free agent. Uh, if he re-ups with the Yankees, I would go LeMayhew before Albies, but at this point in time, he hasn't. So I'm going to go with Ozzy Albies at 19. I I think you're looking at the premier second baseman in the league, and uh, I, I think you're also looking at, at a player who's going to have an incredibly bright future. I think you're looking at 20-plus home runs. I think you're looking at 15 to 20 stolen bases with a great batting average. So I've got no problems uh, looking at second base with the 19th pick off the board. Man, for as bad as Ozzy was before that injury in that first week, he was so electric when he came back. I mean, his stats for the season, for that 29 games that he played, look really good, and that's for getting taking away that part where he was injured the first week or two of the season. I just have this feeling like this guy's going to explode next year. I I am definitely on board with this pick. And, Andrew, you've been saying for years now that, the, that he's got Francisco Lindor-type upside, that he might have one of those seasons. And I can't help but wonder if next year's going to be that year. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I, I think that the that one of the key things now too is I feel like there's a little bit of separation with him to the kind of the next group of mm-hmm. second basemen. I mean, maybe not all of them, but um, I feel like it's a little bit of a weaker position now because of some drop-offs of some guys. So yeah, no, no problems with Albies pretty much anywhere you want to take him in the second round. There you go. Okay. Who do you got here? This is a tough one, but um, I am going to take Walker Bueller at 20. Um, I think his performance kind of speaks for himself. I get that the, you know, the the big question with him is always just like the total workload and the fact that the um, the Dodgers have so many options that they don't have to push him as hard as maybe some of the other guys in this range. But I think that if this is the season they do, I mean, you could argue, I mean, his stuff is as good as anyone's, including the guys at the very top, in my opinion. So I think if that happens, you could see a season where he's just flat out the best pitcher in baseball. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, but any time in the second round for Bueller, I mean, I'm all over it, especially if I need a pitcher. Yeah. He's my fourth overall pitcher on the, on these ranks. I'm still sticking with him as my fourth guy. And he was my number 18. Tim, who would you is Walker? Who do you have as your fourth pitcher behind the big three uh, that went in the first round? Uh, it's Walker Bueller. Uh, I have no problems. His his stuff is as good as anybody's. The only concern that I have with Walker Bueller, and it's and and it doesn't relate to Walker Bueller per se. The individual it relates to the team that he's playing on, and it's a team that's mm-hmm. going to be str- going to be strong. Uh, heading into October for a number of years, a very, very good team. And 
unlike the big three, I think it's a fairly safe uh, assumption that Walker Bueller is not going to throw 210 innings in the regular season. And that, you know would what, be, that would be my only concern. You know what Bueller owners need? Having to get they traded? Need, they need the Padres oh. to, contend, to contend for the division. Yeah. Because I agree. Because if, that, I agree. if that's... I mean, if that's coming down to the last couple of weeks, and I mean, obviously the Dodgers are above the Padres right now, but the Padres obviously are on the rise too. Um, but if that were to happen, I mean, I think that, you know, it's it's a lot less likely that you see him taking it easy down the stretch and stuff like that. So I think that would help. But yeah, even if it's 185, 190, I mean, those innings are gold. Yeah, yeah. they are definitely. It's it's easy to take the foot off the gas when you have like a 15 game lead the, the all-star break which i right. i don't know for sure but i'm pretty sure that's happened that i'm i'm thinking oh, that's yeah. happened like 15 by the all-star break it's insane okay um that puts me up next number 19 and i think this pick might surprise you guys this 21 guy, oh dang it i keep looking at where i right. have him ranked are we at are yes. we at 21 you're yeah. right yeah i am I'm, I at tw- I'm at 21, but I'll pick twice if we got to play catch-up. I keep making the mistake of like thinking, <laughs> looking at my ranking and thinking that's where I'm taking him, and I have him 19th overall, and this one I think will surprise you guys because I think he's going in the third round in a lot of drafts, and that's Nolan Arenado with the Rockies. Four straight seasons of 100 runs and RBI before this last year when he had a shoulder injury. There is definitely concern, and I have it still that he could get traded this offseason. He has one year left on that deal before he has a player option, and he is not happy with the Rockies right now. So I say this with still with concern that he could get traded, and that would knock his value down significantly. But... I'm going to go on and take him here because I think this is a bit of a discount from where he's been going in previous seasons and hoping that that shoulder is ready to go and hoping he's still with the Rockies. But if he's not there, I still think he's a third, fourth-round player. I have been, I think I said to Andrew a month ago that if he got traded, I still think his value isn't too far off of what I think Manny Machado is or a third, like I should say, before he blew up this year. So I'm still going to take Arenado 19. So 21, 20. Dang it. I keep doing that. Stop <laughs> looking at my own ranks. Yeah, I would take Arenado 19. 19, 19 yeah. I would take Arenado 19. That's what so, I So, mean. so Fernando you're... Tatis has been drafted. You can't pick him up at the end year. Okay. So yeah, you liked where, so you liked where I got him in my draft, huh? I sure did. Did we get him in the end of middle, late third round, 40th overall, right? Pick, pick 40. Yeah, I am all over that. And when I told you I love that pick, that's how much I love the pick. I'd take him at 19. So that tells you got him at 40, Andrew. Yeah, and the the 10th pick around three. Yeah, I have I have him outside the top 30 this year. So do I. Yeah, I'm I'm concerned about the I'm concerned about that AC joint, the inflammation and the potential for reoccurrences. So that I've shifted him down a little bit, actually. I'll probably get who I consider my number two third baseman fairly easily later on here. But uh, the the opportunity and the potential for a bargain is definitely there if he's 100%. I just don't know if I want to roll the dice on it. That's what it boils down to for me. I don't, you know, at 40, you don't have any choice, Andrew. You know, I mean, that's, yeah, you know, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I th- 
I think with um, for me, like with Arenado, it's it's one of those things. I think once the you know, obviously right now we're just starting the off season. As the off season progresses and we get closer to the season, if he's showing he's healthy and he's not traded, I think he's going to move up. Hmm. But right now, I mean, that he's coming rough. off of a he's coming off of a rough season, and that's it, fresh in everybody's minds. But also too. If he was to get traded out of Colorado, I'll be totally honest with you. I don't even like him at 40. That's yeah. just me. I mean, I, I just think that that's a little rough. I mean, I'm not saying it's terrible, going to lose your league or anything like that, but I just don't, uh, I won't feel great about that pick if he's traded. I actually agree. I think he's a third, fourth round pick player at that point to where, yeah, I don't, I don't think he'd be hurrying to get him at 40 I, i'm just depends on where he went so i am with you on that yeah yeah okay tim pick number 22 not nine, not number 20 pick number 22 you're up uh, yeah again more intriguing intriguing options i'm gonna i'm gonna go with a very very safe and boring pick uh i should probably go back to dj lemayhu but i'm I'm going to pass on that one. And I'm going to go with another first baseman and uh, a player that we have seen remarkable consistency from right from the time he basically stepped into the league. We're looking at, you know, you go back to 2014, 36, 107, 31, 01, 25, 100, 33, 102, 2278 is one off season in 2018, 2019, 33, 123. And last year, 19 homers, 60 RBIs. He's only had one season where he's had a batting average under 284, and that's Jose Abreu. Love Jose Abreu. Man, he had a big year. This is definitely a big jump up for him in ADP, but after the year he had, I think even Fantrax, he was the number one overall hitter. He had a heck of a year. Well, you know, after Jose Abreu, you start looking at, you know, Pete Alonso, Luke Boyd, Matt Olson, Goldschmidt, Vladdy. Uh, I, think there's, I think there's a fairly significant, or at least the potential's there for a drop-off. And like I said, Jose Abreu is a perfectly safe, safe floor, boring type of player that consistently produces. So I'll take that production in the middle of the second round. And... Andrew, one thing I've heard you talk about with this guy is also just the the lineup around him being such a good thing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's something that's obviously gotten better over the last year or two. So, yeah, it's really hard to argue with a Bray pretty much anywhere. I mean, he had such a great season. He's such a good hitter. So you know, you know, you're getting really, really good four category production and. I think most of what it comes down to, I mean, we all know Abreu is a good hitter. I, I think most of what it comes down to is just your strategy at first base and how you want to attack it. But if you want to attack it early, he's a good one to attack it with. Did you uh, see the news, uh, Tim Anderson's comments by any chance, guys? I don't think I have. I uh, don't think so, no. Uh, no, he said he's not going to change the way he plays the game because of the change in managers. <laughs> in in Chicago, so it's already not starting real good, is it? Huh. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, we're gonna see bats from Tim Anderson. If, that I think a, that's what it boiled uh, down to. That was an interesting hire, to say the least. 
I'll leave yeah. it at that. I, 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 you know, it took me a second to remember who they hired, and now I'm remembering and just shaking my head. <laughs> I I am a Cardinal fan. I grew up a Cardinal fan, and when the Cardinals won the World Series in 2011 with Tony LaRusso as their manager in his final season as manager, I love Tony for what he's done for the organization. But I felt like in 2011 the game had passed him by, and that was at when the next season starts. That'll be ten years later. So yeah, I just that feels like a square peg in a round hole. But we'll see. Well, you know, maybe he's good working with the grandkids. <laughs> yeah, come everybody come sit on Tony's lap and I'll tell you stories about the 70s before you were born. Okay, Andrew, you're up next. With, I guess it's 23, correct? Yep, 23. Okay. Um, it's going to it's going to become or it's becoming clear that I want to uh get a pitcher in the first couple of rounds. So I'm going with another pitcher and um that will be the I think the NL Cy Young winner, and that is Trevor Bauer at 23. What a year he had. Man. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah I, curious, I agree. I'm curious to see where he goes. I mean, I, I actually, with him, you know, Bueller was my last pick. I think they're very close. I mean, I think Bauer's more likely to get the crazy workload, which you want out of your uh, big ace, but... I don't know. Bueller's just a little more tempting to me. It it's razor thin, but I'll go with Bauer here. Yeah, you know. Yeah, my my secret uh, my secret fantasy is that the Yankees sign him, but that won't happen. And in light of the fact that he won't end up with the Yankees, the Mets would be a nice spot to land, wouldn't it? You know, with Cohen and all his cash, uh, yeah, create a create a, a citywide rivalry. How does that sound, guys? I'm really curious to see where he goes. I just want to see him follow through with that. I'm taking one-year deals. I want to see him sign a one-year $50 million deal this offseason. That's what I want to see happen. I don't know if it will, but he said a few years back that when he became a free agent, he was just going to sign one-year deals, and that was how he felt like he could maximize the money he made. And I think it would be fun. I, I think somebody told me, I think I was talking to Ben um, and Ryan, two of our buddies in a um, – Skype chat the other day and they were saying that he's backed off of that but I want to see that happen I just think it'd be fun well the only the only the only thing with taking that or that approach is and again obviously he's very confident in his abilities and we've seen we've seen what he can do but hey you play the one uh, the one year deal uh, situation and you better pitch well yeah, because I mean, you, right. you you could go from fifty million to ten million real quick, couldn't you? <laughs> right. And his, yeah, that's that's a really good point. Actually. When you look at his career ERAs year after year, it's a yo-yo. The last four years, I mean, pitched great one seventy three this year, four forty eight the year before, as he had a year a rough year two twenty one, and then a bunch of wars before that, to where it has yo-yoed. I mean, you could I say that, and you can also say, well, he's also pitched like a Cy Young two of the last three years and had some bad luck the year before. Yeah. I just take it however you wish there. Yeah, I, I guess the one thing that, again, sort of concerns me, and I, I like the spread between Bueller and Bauer, uh, Andrew. I, I I definitely think there should be one because, you know, I, hey, Bauer did have a great year, but starting August 7th, we had Milwaukee. We had KC. We had Milwaukee again. We had the Cubs. Pittsburgh, the Cubs, Pittsburgh, 
the White Sox, the Brewers, and the Braves. Uh, he didn't have a real tough schedule in there, did he? Right. No, you know, he, he didn't. You no, know, he, he pitched well, and I, I, I'm not going to knock him for pitching well, but, uh, you know, the, the schedule, I think, for at least for me, necessitates a gap between Walker Bueller and Trevor Bauer. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. I think I think kind of like as I go through this, and I don't know how much you guys have thought about like your plans for the draft or whatever, you know, as you move down. But I just if you wait too long to take your ace, I mean, I'm. I'm in this draft now and I've just been looking at all this stuff and it's man, it's rough. Like if you, if it's just like, there's guy with Kyle Hendricks is his ace. There's guys with, I mean, like one guy's got Blake Snell as his ace. I mean, would you want that? I mean, one guy has Sonny Gray as his ace. Like I don't want that personally. Like I would, I feel like you can take a ton of bats after taking pitchers near the top. And I'm not saying you got to take two or whatever, you know, that's up for debate, but right. um, these, these top end pitchers and whatever you think of Bauer, I get, he's been a little bit of a yo-yo. He also pitches a lot of innings, gets a lot of strikeouts, all that stuff. Right. And it's just, it's tough. I mean, it's easy to just sit back and say, well, I can construct a staff by starting taking pitching in round five or six, but Huh. I'm telling you, you the more you look at the draft board, you'll realize how hard it is. It's just it's just not easy, I don't think, especially this year, more than previous years as I've looked at it. So, yeah, I, I think if you want a horse, if you want a, I think it's very important that you get a 200 type strikeout guy on on your roster, okay? And if you want that 200 strikeouts, you're going to be taking a pitcher in the first two rounds. Yep. Because yeah. they're not they're not going to be there after that, are they, Andrew? You know, you're already no. into your first NFBC. By the time you get to the third round, how many 200 plus strikeout guys are on the board heading into rounds three and four? Right, right. Yeah, it's just uh, it's pretty wild. Yeah, five, round five, six. I mean, they're good pitchers. Don't get me wrong, but they're also guys that there's some warts, you know. And mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like there's still some pretty good bats as you move down so i don't know it'll be interesting it's a lot to take in right now it's so early but and obviously a lot of these guys are going to change teams and crazy stuff in the offseason but so my next pick here at 24 i'm going to get this right um i think is back to back with bauer i would take him above bauer um i will say that I think Bauer's got the higher upside, but I think this guy, I feel a little bit on the safer end. For He's thrown 200 innings the previous two seasons before this year and has had a sub-4 ERA the last four years in a row and also gets the strikeouts. Again, just not quite at Bauer's level, even though it was 12 per 9 this year, and that would be Aaron Nola. Um, good organization, keeps pitching pretty consistently. Again, I think Bauer has slightly more upside, but... I'll take the floor in terms of just trying to get a safe ace as compared to going for the for Bauer personally. But Nola's my pick here. Any thoughts on Nola? If if not, we can move on to you, Tim. Uh, I I like Aaron Nola in this range. No, no yeah. problem there. Yeah, solid pick. He was in my he was in my top thirty. Yep. Okay. Well, actually, why don't we take a quick break? I forgot to take one after twenty, and we'll take a quick break, and then we'll get these last six picks in starting with Tim. Sounds good. 
right. It's pick number 25, and while we were just in between, Tim just said, this is the pick I make where we go off the rails. So now, Tim, go off the rails. <laughs> okay, I'm going with my second choice, my number two guy behind Jose Ramirez at third base. And I'm believing in the 2019 where this kid hit 32 homers, drove in 115 runs, and batted 311. And I'm going with Raphael Devers. Oh, that's not too off the rails. I, I didn't know where you were going with this. But no, no, no. I don't think that's a bad pick here. I mean, you're you taking him 25. I got him 26 on my ranks. So, yeah, no, that's a solid pick. What do you think, Andrew? Is he in your 30, top 30? Um, no, but I <laughs> I get it, though. I get it. I mean, obviously a little bit of a tough year, but he's young, and I totally get it. There's, there's just a lot of good players. Like, let's be honest. Yes. I mean, there's... There's just a bunch of guys, and it's um, you can only have 30 in your top 30. But, yeah, no, I, it's it's a good pick. I don't mind it. And I do, do have you, three do guys prefer, ahead of him. Do you, yeah, I was going to say, do you prefer Manny Machado to Rafael Devers, guys? Yes. Yes. But I before I say and go anymore, Machado is a guy who I'm not in love with. I think he's going to go before this in a lot of drafts. And... He's just been. That's another guy that's been an up and down yo-yo. And when he when his head's in the game and whenever things are going great, it seems like he's going great. And fortunately, he's a lot of Padres, which is a winning organization. So that might keep him engaged and have him produce. And he might produce real well again. But I don't know the the yo-yo part out of him also has me a little concerned to take him in the se- in the early part of the second round where I think he's going to be going. Put it, put it this. Go ahead. Uh, go, sorry. No, I was just gonna say. Put it this way. I straight up, I would take Machado over Dev, Devers, but I'd probably just rather have the one that went after the other one. You know, mm-hmm. like in my draft now, Machado went twenty overall. I, I'm yep. not taking him there. I don't want no, him okay. there. Um, I think he's more of a late second, maybe early third round guy. Um, and Devers went in round four. Oh my, my gosh! So I would wow. rather have I'd rather have Devers in that. That spot. is an yeah. NFBC format. Just bring that up again. But, yeah, it yeah. was still it was still late. Uh, I mean, I was surprised. You know, so. that's a good argument right there, Andrew. Actually, between Machado, Devers, and there's a couple more third basemen that are I think belong in this little tier here. I mean, people put Arenado down here, and maybe you're best off just avoiding them all right here and trying to grab one on the next round if you're wanting to get a third baseman because they all are pretty close. Yeah, that's an interesting option. You know what I find intriguing? Does Fernando Tatis motivate Manny Machado? Or does Manny Machado motivate Fernando Tatis Jr.? Oh, I, uh, 100%. If one of them's motivating the other, it's Tatis motivating Machado. Machado doesn't <laughs> motivate anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it just it just seems backwards you know you know what i mean you, oh yeah as, as, as great as manny machado has been i i just don't see him as a leader oh yes i don't need, i agree 24 months ago he was making quotes in the playoffs like i don't hustle unless i have to, i really need to stuff like that whenever he was not running out grounders and stuff in the playoffs so yeah he's not somebody that i would consider a hustler by any means I also I also kind of feel like with Manny 
and part of the reason I, I just wouldn't take him like in the early part of the second round is like this year his batting average spiked mm-hmm. from last year. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, wait, is he, did he steal 24 in 19? Maybe I'm wrong on the steals. Is that right? No I way. Is that think right? So I'm looking right now. Oh no, no, wait, yeah, th- this is wrong. I'm looking on the NFBC site. Um, he stole six, six bases last six year. Base, yeah, six. Yeah. I was like, that's not right. Yeah, so I don't necessarily trust the steals. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could, like Justin said, he's kind of been a yo-yo to where, yeah, if the average is on the high end and he gets the steals, he'll be fine. You know, And he's going to be a good floor player regardless because he'll have counting stats and all that. But mm-hmm. if he hits 260, which he's proven he can do, and he doesn't run – I mean, second round? I mean, come on. Yep. Well, then that's where Isaiah kiner Falafa kicks in, right, guys? <laughs> of course. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, Andrew, you're up here. What are we at, 26, right? 25. 26. 26. Yeah. We're, having a, we're doing bad at keeping track of this. Yeah. Like, we're who did I, I miss here? <laughs> well, you went, you went. We're three each, so that means we've gone eight, and then you went one, so that's 25. So that's where I was doing. I'm doing math, not really writing it down anywhere. So I missed the pick. The pick between uh, Trevor Bauer and uh, Devers. Let's see who did I take last. I took who? Oh, I took Aaron Nola. You took Nola. Yeah, yep. Bauer, Nola, Devers last. Oh, no, there we go, Aaron Nola. Sorry, guys. You're good. My bad. Okay, Andrew. Who do you got? Well, 26? I'm gonna I'm gonna continue the trend here. I'm gonna take another arm, and I'm gonna go with uh, Lucas Giolito. Giolito. All right. I think he's an ace and obviously on an improving team. Um, I expect the workload to be there, the strikeouts to be there. Yeah, I think he's a horse. I, I There's a couple, there's one especially, but a couple guys that I think are really close. But yeah, I'll go with him. Good pitcher. A- any thoughts on Giolito, Tim? No, he's, yeah, hey, he's, he's going to be off the board in the second round. I agree, Andrew. He's a horse. Yep. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna anchor that White Sox rotation for a long time. Love Lucas Giolito. Okay. I still remember. I still remember the year after he was super, really bad. It was was that 2018 when he was year, bad. He was terrible in 2018. He picked up in 2019. I remember in one of my draft and holds in the middle of winter, I got him in round 33. Yep. I think I think it was, yep. and he was he was so bad. That it was almost rough even taking him there, mm-hmm. and I all I told myself is, there's no way that this guy is just like done, you know, because people were done with him. I mean, it was pretty yeah. much, and it's so early in his career and all that, and it's just been uh, the turnaround from 2018 to 2019, and then obviously into 2020, pretty yeah. uh, pretty wild. Well, yeah, you know, I'm looking at the numbers right now and. Uh, right in front of me, and in 2018, he he posted a 6.13 ERA with a 148 whip, yeah, st- and struck out 125 and 173 uh, he was innings bad. with 90 walks. He had no oh. velocity. That was the yeah. thing. He was throwing 90, yeah. 91, so he would just he was lost. And I give Rich Wilson a lot of credit for. I grabbed him late, just like Andrew in a couple of redrafts, and. I really got in on him after seeing, hearing what Rich was saying in spring training 2019. He talked to somebody 
and he brought up that Giolito was back. His velocity had found it. And I was definitely in on him after hearing that in March, and that's whenever he took off. So what Rich was told that he was t- that he was communicating out on your guys' podcast is was correct, and that's when he took off. I just wish I'd, I listened to him more often, but I'm often accused of not doing that. <laughs> that was one of those cases, guys. Yep. I should have been listening when I wasn't. All right, that puts me up next here at 27, and I am going to go f- go take a outfielder in the p- and get something that's very hard to come by with the speed. And I'm going to go with Starling Marte with the Marlins. I think he's got a one-year left there. Six home runs, 10 stolen bases, and 60 games this year. So, I mean, this is a guy who could easily go 2020. I think I would project him to go around 2020. Maybe maybe being with the Marlins, he might fall short with in the home run department, but I think he's going to be really close to 40 home runs plus steals with good batting average, good counting stats, and Marte's my pick for the for for that at 27. So he almost, he almost messed that one up. Didn't you? Couldn't get that out. <laughs> the number. <laughs> no, I was just thinking about your, uh, when you were reading them off. Yes. Your yes. I just, I've, I, I've got him at 19. You got him at 19, huh? I did, no, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> sorry, my bad. <laughs> no. All right, Tim, who do you got here at, with your last pick in this 28? I got so many players I want to pick. I wish I, I, I wish we could go a couple more. I, oh man, I was talking up up DJ Lemayhew. I think the Yankees are going to re-sign him. Uh, first base, second base, third base eligibility, uh, M- MVP caliber player the past several years since he's been in New York. Uh, I just can't, I just can't leave DJ LeMahieu sitting on the board at pick 28. So we're, 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 we're all in on DJ LeMahieu hoping he stays with the Yankees. He's got to stay with the Yankees, right? There's no way the Yankees can let him walk. I would, I would think, I would think that to be the case. Yeah. I mean, they have not won the World Series these last few years. I think the fans are getting a little impatient, and I think they would be absolutely revolting if they let him walk. And I think they, I mean, I don't even think that it would be the worst thing for the franchise because they do have a lot of depth and they could go get somebody else. But I just think for the fan base, I really think they can't let him walk. But we'll see. It's going to be an interesting offseason where there's going to be a lot of players available too because everybody's getting non-tendered. But... Yeah, that's a solid pick, and as long as he stays with the Yankees. If he goes somewhere else, obviously that, that one's got risk, but I think it's very likely he's staying. Andrew, you're up here at 29. Who do you got? Oh, man. Last I wish one. you guys would take some of these pitchers. But... <laughs> oh, man. I think I'm going gonna... I'm gonna to switch it up, and I am going to take – Alex Bregman. There you at go. 29. I like it. Um, you know, if I was actually picking it 29 and I had taken one of the top two bats, I would probably almost certainly take Luis Castillo here, like of the guys that are available. But, um, yeah, I wanted to throw in a hitter, and Bregman's right in that group for me. So 
I'm going to take him. I think he bounces back. I think he's one of those guys that you might even be able to get. Like he went in round three in my draft. So I think that he might be even be available there. And um, I could definitely see myself being in on him. So I would go freaking love to take a Cunha in the first round and get like a Bregman Castillo combo here and just see what happens. I mean, it was ugly for Bregman. If you look at his stat cast, I mean, it was ugly. His hard hit rate, exit velocity, everything was a mess this year, it seemed like, except he wasn't striking out, wasn't swinging and missing, just was not barreling balls. How much yeah. do you think the you know the, the bad hamstring came into play on that? Yeah, I mean, maybe it did, because Andrew and yeah. I did talk about this last offseason because the whole trash can gate, but I remember Andrew going on about this whenever we were doing our covering the third base that Breckman's home road splits during some of those seasons where they were uh, they were stealing signs were the same. If anything, I think he was better on the road. To where, yeah, maybe it's maybe it was every a combo of a lot of things. It was a weird year just to begin with. They had a lot of um, negativity surrounding that organization because of what happened, and then the hamstrings. Where, yeah, I love Bregman here. I think. I definitely like the value. Okay, um, I'm last here, and Andrew, you just said who my pick is. Luis Castillo is going to be my pick. Um, I like I, I would love to pick an Acuna or a Mookie or somebody like that, and I would take Castillo here on this turn and then just hopefully get whichever third baseman's still there. But I really like Castillo. He's just... Such a good pitcher. He's been showing it for a few years now. That wicked changeup. Oh, yeah. He is. He has got to be in the last year, the one that has grown the most on my list. Like I just love watching that guy. I could watch it. I could watch that changeup all day long. <laughs> it's a pretty thing. so good. So good. And you know he he's stayed pretty sturdy the last few years. Seventy innings this year, and that partial hundred and ninety the year before. 170 the year before that and and so yeah he's been out there he hasn't gotten to 200 innings yet but yeah he's been really good during this whole stretch anything any thoughts on tim castillo um castillo tim uh i have my first auction coming up next weekend and one of my keepers is luis castillo so Mm -hmm. need i need need i say more no i i love castillo I'm probably protecting him at maybe a, a pinch higher than I should be, but uh, I think he's going to be worth it. Uh, it. It is interesting, though, when you start looking uh, looking at some of the players we've missed. I, I don't know how, how your lists look, guys, but I, I got some real interesting players uh, sitting on mine. Uh, yeah, Interesting, uh, interesting. Let's take a break, and then we'll come back and close this out, but I want to talk specifically about... Who's left on your list? Who are the just missed or who is in your top 30 that has not been drafted? Okay, Tim, right before we just went to break, you brought up that you got some interesting names that were just that didn't get drafted that you definitely want to talk about. And I, I know I got some too. So why don't you start? Who are the names that were on your top 30 that did not get drafted here? 
Uh, the, the one player that I, I have a hard time passing on uh, from a pitching perspective is, is Max Scherzer. Yeah. And I, I actually, in a, in a mock last weekend, we did one at uh, we did one for our podcast. I actually got him at pick forty. What was it? 50, yeah, it was the end, it forty. Was, yeah, the yeah, back it was the end of the third round. I remember he saying it. Yeah, and that's that sort of boggled my mind because, you know, hey, I, I realize the stats aren't uh, the ERA whip aren't what they once were, but. Isn't he still like a 230, 250 strikeout sort of pitcher? Him and Jack Flaherty, as far as pitchers, uh, are the two that I think uh, could fit into that top 10, 12. Yeah. What are, you, oh, what yeah. are your thoughts? Yeah. I definitely think yeah, they Scherzer, could. Scherzer and Flaherty were my top two that weren't drafted on okay. my list. Well, I, I, had, um, same page. I had Machado and Kershaw, too, so... Yeah, uh, Machado and Kershaw. And, I mean, just all of them kind of in the in that mix there. I, I'm really trying to come up with any other ones that I think I don't I don't really have any. I think that's about it. I had a couple still. I had Xander Bogarts right there in that list that's, of of a guy that, who's. Yep. You too. And then on my just missed list, I had three guys I wrote down: DJ LeMahieu, who ended up getting drafted, but. The other two, one of them we mentioned just a few minutes ago, Tim Anderson. He's now been a five-category player for two consecutive seasons. And Whit Merrifield, who I poo-pooed last offseason, but the home runs, stolen bases were very – like he got he was running real, a lot last year, and I think he belongs right outside this tier too. I'd be – especially with how hard speed is to find. Tim, yeah, I got – I, I had, go ahead. No, go. I had I had Merrifield and Bogarts on mine, plus a couple couple others. But go ahead, Andrew. No, I was going to ask you. Do you remember offhand in your guys' mock? I just don't remember. I listened to the podcast. I promise, but I just don't remember <laughs> where um, Kyle Tucker went. Uh, uh, I can I can find out as we carry on the discussion. The reason the reason I ask. Mm-hmm. It's not because I have him in my top 30 because I don't, but right. in my draft, he went 27 and I almost fell out of my chair when I saw it just because of the shock factor of that. And then I had looked at, um, because I believe my draft going on is the second one. Mm-hmm. So I, I was looking, they were posting, uh, what the other one, you know, like the results of the first couple rounds of the other one. And in the other draft, basically going on at the same time. He went twenty-seven in that draft too. So then I then I uh, yeah. realized then I realized oh maybe this is a thing you know like it's just yeah. kind of wild to me. But I was just wondering where he went. Yeah, I just pulled it up right now, and we're looking at Kyle Tucker. Ooh, round three. Later. Wow, I'm going in the wrong direction. I thought. Uh, Kyle Tucker. Oh. He went uh, 15-30. He went with the 42nd pick off the board towards, okay. the, back, towards the back of the third round. It, That's it actually, better. Yeah, actually it went uh, uh, Robert mid-three, and the next two outfielders were George Springer and Kyle Tucker. And okay. that 
That's the other guy I was going to bring up was Luis Robert and the NFBC ADP, which if you go look online, you can see that first draft. Because I noticed I was looking at the NFBC ADP as we were as I was making my ranks, and then I realized that the average draft position it's all even numbers it's, because there's only it's like one, draft. one or two drafts. Yeah, it's one draft because nobody is anything. But well, it's zeros. more than one now because there's some halves and there's it's more than one now. But yeah. that's weird. When I'm looking right now, I'm still seeing zero. So you're you must I must not have. I mean, I mean. Yeah, it's just in the draft room. There's okay. point threes and yeah, there. I I want to say there's. There's probably three, if I had to guess, but I don't know. It's obviously so early. It's, like, almost irrelevant. I just saw Tucker in 27 in the first two and figured I'd throw it a mention. I mean, what do you what do you think? What do you guys think of of that? I take it you're not in. <laughs> no. Uh, no, I, I'm, not, I'm not in that early, but I can, I can see the reason why that there's a lot of helium behind yeah. Kyle Tucker. Yeah, okay. me too. Yeah, I, I – I think uh, I would probably draft Tucker ahead of Luis Robert. Yes, I would too. Yeah, I and would too. We're we're, we're going to talk with Luis Robert a lot this offseason. But Tim, that yeah, that's interesting to get your thoughts on that cuz those are the, those are going to be two talked about players this offseason that are going to be very divisive, I think, in terms of where people are on Robert and Tucker. Yeah, no, I think a lot also depends on the strategy. I know we were just looking at, you know, for this exercise, overall players. But if I had the number one pick in an OBP league, okay, I might be half tempted, okay, and you're going to say you're going to say I'm totally nuts here, but I might be half tempted to take Juan Soto at number one and then with my next set of picks take the best pitcher available and Alberto Mondesi. Oh, <laughs> I see what you're doing there. You're trying to make up for it there, huh? Yeah. In- interesting. Uh, the tough thought. thing, the tough thing with, um, with OBP and and trying to address steals is it right. so many of the steals guys aren't OBP guys. Nope. Nope. So, they aren't. yeah, it's um, it's an interesting thought. Yeah, I'm, I'm always looking at at different combinations. Okay, what if, what if, what if, what if? And I I think uh, Mondesi is the only player in baseball capable of stealing 60 bases next year. And I think he might very well do it. What, what are your thoughts, guys? Oh, it's very possible. Wouldn't shock me at all. He's just got to get on base enough. That's the thing. Yeah. And stay healthy. Yeah, I pretty much feel the same way. I mean. I think Trey could probably do it too, but yeah, it's it's a short list. Where did he go in your NFBC, Andrew? Do you remember? Twenty six overall. Gee, Mondesi went. Yeah, guy took Jose Ramirez at five and Adalberto Mondesi at twenty six. Hopefully, he doesn't draft any more speed the rest of the way because he, he really... actually started. He started with. I actually liked this trio to start. Uh-huh. He started with Jose Ramirez. Right. Adalberto Mondesi and Jose Abreu. Hmm. And I think that that combination is pretty good because you're getting everything. I mean, offensively. Oh, yeah. That's... But his ace is Blake Snell and his SP2 is Dylan Bundy. Oh, so geez. That's uh, where that's yeah. where it gets, you know. Obviously, you got to give up something when you do when you get those three. So that's kind of what you give up. That's 
a lot to give up, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, w- I wish him I wish him all the best with that plan, but uh, <laughs> he'd better find I, the next Max Frieden there. Yeah, I was going to say he's going to be drafting some kids, uh, some young, some young starting pitchers, and hoping they hit. Yeah. That's the yeah, only thing you can do with that strategy. It's definitely interesting looking at the different strategies. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty wild. Did you go with a balanced approach? Pretty much, yeah. I wanted to get I wanted to get a couple pitchers that I felt good about, at least with um, with bulk. But I tell you, I eh, I I don't love the team. I mean, I really for the most part, like with this draft, I'm just trying to get a feel for the player pool and where guys are going to go and like how to, you know, kind of almost like setting up my later drafts more than anything. So it's definitely been a little bit of a learning experience too, just with that and kind of feeling it out. But yeah, it's not, uh, not too bad. I I feel pretty good about it. A mock draft with an investment. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I guess you, I guess you could say that. Yeah. Well, Tim, thank you for doing this with us. This was great to have you on again. It's been too long. And, um, again, I, I, the running joke on Prospect 361, anytime I ever come on there, Rich Wilson, your co-host, gives me a hard time for never having him on. So before we get off the air, I need you to promise that you're not going to tell him you're on the podcast. <laughs> okay. Hey, come on. Justin, do I look like the sort of guy, okay, that would go out of his way to toss you under the bus? Like, come on. That's definitely not my style. I don't even, I didn't even I probably will, okay? The thing I'll say to him is, hey, Rich, guess what I did on Friday night? Uh, It was my seventh time on uh, Andrew and Justin's podcast. when was the last time you were on, Rich? How's it going? <laughs> uh, no, I I, 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 I promise I won't do that, Justin. But again, I want to, I want to thank uh, you and Andrew for having me on again. It's always fun talking up the game with you. And uh, congratulations, uh, you're up to well over, well over a year on the podcast, doing a great job. And anytime you need a guest, uh, give me a show. It's my pleasure. Yeah, we'll hopefully not go so long between as we did this time, year and a half. Um, but I think everybody who listens to this knows Tim McLeod, but just in case we don't, or they don't, Tim, why don't you just make a plug for your show? Yeah. Until I bring up the fact that I was on yours tonight, I was residing at (laughs) Prospect 361 with Rich Wilson. We're on every Friday and Sunday. You can find me at the wonderful Facebook page, uh, uh, Baseball 365, set up by of course uh andrew and justin Uh, i spend a lot of time there trying to answer questions contributing uh contributing some uh some of my thoughts as we go through the season and i really appreciate having that vehicle to express some of those thoughts it's a it's a great great page very well run and if you're looking to get a hold of me on twitter you're uh let me see what's my twitter handle run tmc i believe it is yeah uh, isn't it like p361 or something didn't that just get changed yeah, yeah I, I changed it to p361 on the I end i thought it was a bunch of numbers at it one was. point wasn't it well, yeah yes. well, yeah I, myself and uh i don't i don't know if you know uh Gray Albright from Rasball. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he was constantly joking. It was just a series of numbers uh, <laughs> that it was my uh, it was my password for my bank account. And I had to change <laughs> it because I, it, it might have just as well been that uh, I'm spending a bit more time on Twitter, but I I actually prefer Facebook to Twitter. I, I know I'm uh, I'm in the minority there, but I I just find Facebook book to be a uh, a little more user friendly, at least for me, and a lot of the people that uh, I'm in contact with on a regular basis uh, reach out to me through Facebook, so it's worked well. But I am I am on Twitter occasionally. No, yeah, you you have more followers than Andrew and I combined at 798, as I'm looking right now. So <laughs> we got some work to do to catch up. I'm sure you'll get there, guys. I'm sure you'll get there. Maybe. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Tim. Really yes. appreciate all your all your thoughts in the group all the time and uh, being on the podcast. So I truly mean it when I say you're the heart and soul of Baseball 365. Everybody loves you, Tim. Wherever you go, you're loved. Nah, thanks so much, guys. Truly appreciate it. Okay, and thank you all for listening. And until next week, take care, everybody. Yeah, take care, Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. And once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year.